Welcome to the like, Destiny Podcast. Right, quick recap. Quick recap from what we've done, where, we, where we've come to so far. So yesterday I was talking about wounds, usually early in life, usually in our childhood, where our hearts are not protected and where we receive, if you like, these little arrows of messages, using Irving's heart, messages of lies that actually, it's going to knock me to like this, stick there, right? Sorry, Irving, I've just pierced your heart. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's all forgiven up, isn't he? I mean, it's flowing. I can feel the flow, actually. So anyway, those those lies stay there. And because they're so painful, um, we protect ourselves. We bury the lies. We protect ourselves. We develop coping mechanisms. We right, the lies stay underneath. But our behaviors and our feelings often betray the fact that they have not gone, that they haven't disappeared. Those coping strategies are quite sophisticated because we are very clever people. And I think actually, yeah, here we are. And these are, these are probably some of the common ones, the, these three, the most common ones. Um, we seek to uh, be the best at things. We seek to do well. We seek to achieve in Lots of different areas of life might be in education or it might be in child raising. Oh, that's a, that's a, that's, that's a really tricky one if you're trying to be the best in child raising. Because guess what? Your kids always let you down and prove that you're not all that good. Um, yeah, anyway, I won't go there any further. But <laughs> absolutely, Maggie, absolutely. So performance is one area. Approval, approval. I need to be liked in order to feel good about myself. I've, I've got to be liked. I've got to get the approval of people. Um, and so we're operating out of fear. We're operating out of fear of failure or fear of rejection. Um, if we feel it's our fault, often we will deflect that uh, blame, it's too painful. It, being punished is too painful. So we deflect that and we'll blame other people. Um, so all these are strategies, and I'm sure there are many, many more, but these are key strategies that we use to cope and to um, the walls that we use to build around ourselves. Um, the last one, shame, is probably the most is not really, in a way, a strategy, but it is the most painful and profound of all of these areas because with shame, um, I think what I was saying yesterday was in that situation where um, I, was, I was at school and, and I just felt um, so inadequate. Um, I felt in the end there was something wrong with me, that, you know, I was weird. And that... Uh, brings this fear of exposure, fear of people realizing and saying, oh gosh, you know, there's something, there's something wrong with her. You know, and as a child, that just is translated to I'm bad, I'm bad, I'm a bad person. And it can be for all sorts of reasons, ranging from, um, you know, ranging from abuse as a child to what I went through, which was nobody was actually nasty to me, really. Um, but it was just my own inability to be able to function in that particular situation that caused me to feel it. So, so those are like four of the areas that we were looking at yesterday. And 
uh, and, I, and I did then encourage you to, to sort of identify some of the lies that um, you might be believing, these foundational lies. Anyway, so yesterday, in a sense, was quite a, you know, it's, it's a bit of a heavy day. We try to keep it light and, you know, bring in lots of examples and show that although we've been through these terrible things, we're still here, we're, you know, we're still functioning. We're, we're doing well. So that all that is kind of trying to, you know, encourage you. But in the, in the end, it is quite, um, it's a time when I think God brings you into a place which is a safe place in order to perhaps take some layers, remove some layers. And and that makes you feel vulnerable. It does make you feel vulnerable. So all I can say is I think probably the most vulnerable bit of the week now is drawing to a close. God is going to bring lots and lots and lots and lots of wonderful, positive truths about you, about him um, in these next few days that are just going to be able to find a place um, in your hearts um, as the lies are being, are, are, are being dealt with and are fleeing. So like Irving said right at the very beginning, there's going to be room in your heart for this wonderful truth. So we make no apology for starting the week in this way because we just want so much room, if you like, yeah, for you to take hold on, hold on to the truth. Right. So what, these are lies. I'm sick of seeing these now. Honestly, sick of seeing those. What is the truth? Okay. Well, instead of performing, right, instead of performing, instead of looking at ourselves and thinking, oh gosh, you know, I'm just not good enough. Jesus actually says, you know what? I'm good enough. I am good enough. And because I'm good enough, guess what else? You are good enough. We're good enough for him. And that means that we can be at rest. It means that we can stop striving and you know, you don't realize how tiring and exhausting striving is until you stop doing it. And then whew, it's just amazing. And this rest is the rest that, um, that uh, the writer of Hebrews talks about when he says that he wants us to enter into his rest. And I can't remember actually what... The word is in the Hebrew for rest, um, but what it what it was, it's the word in the Old Testament when the children of Israel were going through the desert, and you know they would they would sort of tramp through the desert, and they would it would be exhausting. I mean, absolutely exhausting um, these long journeys. But then when they stopped. They would tabernacle there. They would put up the, the tents and they would just rest. And it's the same word. It's the same idea of, right, we're tabernacling here. We're settling here, right? We are staying here. This is the place that we belong. And it's a place of rest. It's a place of um 
It's a place of hammocks. That's how I see it. It's a place of hammocks, you know, where hammock is one of those like, it's like a bed, but you tie it between a tree, one tree and another, and you lie on it. And then you have a pina colada here on a channel and you, you, with a straw in. And you get your pina colada and the sunshine, yeah. And you, well, if it, maybe, may not, maybe pina colada doesn't do it for you, but it does for me. I love pina colada. Yeah, and you've, and you've got the straw in and you just take the sip. And, then, and you know, you are just at rest, at peace. Um, and it's a, such a deep, deep place to be of peace. And out of that place of rest, then, God says, okay, let's go and have some adventures. Let's go and do some stuff. Let's go and, let's, let's, let's go and change this world around us. But we're not doing it out of this place of, I've got to do it. I've got to achieve. I've got to show that I'm good enough. But we're doing it out of a place of, well, I'm okay. And you're okay, Jesus. And let's just go and do it together. And it's just so much different, and it's easy. It's not hard, it's easy. So instead of performing, we're at rest. Instead of needing to be approved of by other people. Let me see, I'm just, sorry, I'm not sure I've got these in the right order, aren't Yeah, I think that goes right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, yeah. So instead of being, yeah, instead of feeling that we need to earn other people's approval, basically, and earn God's approval, often we're not aware of it, but we, you know, we think, mm, I'm sure God would like me a bit more if I did a bit more. I know he likes me and, well, actually, actually interestingly, I'll put that down for a minute. You know what I used to think? I used to, Really, I don't know whether anybody ever taught me this or whether I just kind of picked it up. But I thought God's love was a kind of, um, I'm God. And so, even though you are pretty disgusting at times, I am God. So I'm able to love you. Doesn't mean I like you all the time, but I am able to love you because I am God. So I have this sort of vision of God's love being a kind of, he was so wonderful. He could overcome all that, all that dislike of me because, you know, I was pretty awful. Um, and he could manage to sort of look at me through God eyes. And so he could love me, but not always like me. And sometimes, you know, I behave so, or I, I felt I behaved so badly that he was kind of really struggling to put the God love eyes on. But he, he always managed to do it because the Bible said that he did. Does that make sense to anybody? Yeah. Um, and you know, that is really a horrible place to be because when you feel God is underneath it all, disappointed with you. And if he wasn't God, he'd really be disappointed with you. But because he's God, he's not allowed to be that, you know. Then... Yes, that's it. It's the tolerated. He tolerated me. Yes. But actually, what he says is this. I'm his beloved. And that word beloved carries so much um, tenderness and, um, and delight 
and joy um, and intimacy for me. Um, and it just, it just, it, it's all song of songs, isn't it? The whole beloved thing. So I'm going to read you this bit that Sharon, um, has pro- I'm sure Sharon will read this to you. I'm sure loads of times she will. Gosh, don't tell me I've lost it. Oh, here we are. And, you know, even now, I've got to be really honest with you. Even now, sometimes this makes me kind of, I'm not really sure I can believe this. You know, I feel a bit cringy. What does that mean? That means I kind of go, are you sure that's me? Because it doesn't feel like me, sort of thing. Anyway, I'm going to read it anyway. So this is from the Song of of Solomon, chapter 4. Yeah, chapter 4. So every part of you is so beautiful, my darling. Perfect your beauty without flaw within. Now, this this is amazing. For you reach into my heart with one flash of your eyes. I'm undone by your love, my beloved one, my equal, my bride. You leave me breathless. I'm overcome by merely a glance from your worshipping eyes. And you have stolen my heart. You have stolen my heart. So, you know, it's not a question of, gosh, if I do all the right things and if I really behave well, God will, will you know, will sort of cast his approving eye on, on me. It's, a, it's more... He looks at me and he thinks, oh, she's amazing, amazing, wow. And, you know, I've ravished his heart, I've stolen his heart, and there is nowhere else he wants to be except with me and with you. And that's how he sees us, that's that's who we are, and... It takes a long time for that to sink in, actually. And you probably will still be sinking in, you know, on your 90th birthday and the day that you go to be with him. It probably will still be more, more, you know, just more of that revelation. But here he is sowing the seed of that in you. He sowed the seed of that in me a few years ago now, and it is still still overwhelmingly day by day it's amazing so we're at rest we're beloved and we are righteous we are righteous and you'll hear this word a lot over the next months and in fact if you're reading joseph prince <laughs> you probably you probably read it every other page right? We are righteous. And again, you know, it's, it, it's easy to think, well, because of what Jesus has done, he has kind of um, tiffied me up a bit. That means he's cleaned me up a bit, you know, and he's kind of, yeah, made me look respectable, as it were. <laughs> Clean me up a bit. And so I'm righteous. But actually, that's not it, is it? Um, oh, gosh, I can't remember which verse it is, and I should, because it's so familiar now. But 
he says that I am his righteousness. That's who I am. I am the righteousness of God. That's me all the way through. Um, in, in, in England, if you go to the seaside, to go to the, to the coastline, and you go to a sort of seaside resort, you can buy um, this sort of suite that's called Rock. Have you come across Rock? Yeah, it's like a, it's like a, um, a cylindrical piece of suite. And usually, whichever seaside resort you go to, it's got the name of that resort going through it. So, like, if you go to Blackpool, you buy a stick of rock that says, you break it open and it says Blackpool. And you break it there and it says Blackpool. And you break, yeah? Okay. Well, that is, right? That's what the righteousness is in us. It goes through us like it goes, Blackpool goes through a stick of rock. Yeah, it goes through us. It's our whole identity is righteousness. Yes. Um, so, not just no blame. It's not just no blame. Yeah. It's, it's perfect, really. Perfect. We are perfect. We are made perfect by him. We are made blameless and righteous. And finally, this, you know, I'm bad. I won't change. And often, you know, in this sort of, with this sort of belief, we just want to hide. We just want to run away. Um, we just want to, um, to to build so many walls around us that nobody will ever be able to expose us. Nobody will be able to um, see the real us. And the two things, really. The first thing is that we can hide. Actually, we are allowed to hide. Because we are hidden in Jesus. We are hidden in him. You know, we are protected in him. And Maggie's going to talk more about that um, later in the week in a beautiful image of that. So, you know, we are actually hidden in him and protected by him. He is not going to expose us. He is not going to, you know, um, put us out to dry, hang us out to dry, as it were. Yeah. He is our protection. But the other wonderful thing is that we are, right? You know, we are changed. We actually are changed. We're made new. We're made new. And I think this is my favorite phrase because that word new is, well, in, in Greek, I'm always hesitant to, to, mm, to pretend I know anything about Greek, I don't. I know quite a lot about Spanish and French because I used to teach those, but I know nothing about Greek. But I did look this up, and there are at least two words in Greek for the word new. One of them is the word neos, N-E-O-S, neos. And that means a new one of something that you've already got. So when Irving's slippers wear out, which they never ever seem to actually, just go on and on forever, don't they, those slippers? But some, when his slippers wear out, I will go and buy him a new pair of slippers. And they will not look like the old ones with the holes in the toes and the worn, um, the worn soles uh, chewed by the cats or whatever. No, they will look spanking brand new. They will look... 
They might not even be brown. They might be blue or they might even have patterns on, especially if I'm choosing them. Yeah. They might be, you know, they'll be really snazzy and, you know, super duper slippers, right? So that's one way of translating new in Greek. And you think, well, that's great. You know, God's made me snazzy, super duper and kind of altogether, you know, new. But actually, that is not the new that we're talking about here. We are not talking about the same sort of thing, but spanking brand, super duper snazzy. We're talking about a whole different kind of order of being. (laughs) It's really hard to explain this. Because it's the word kainos is the other word in Greek that means new. And when Paul says that we are a new creation, he is using kainos. And that means there have never, ever been any like this before. So this is kind of totally unique. This is mind-blowing. This is like, wow, the angels in heaven are just gobsmacked and speechless because we are that kind of creation. Because we are now sharing Jesus' nature. Yeah. What must the angels have, what must they still be thinking? Oh, you know, Irving and his, it's all happening now. It blows my mind that. But, you know, it's all, I mean, they are up there, aren't they? Just, what? You know, what? You're actually sharing who you are with these, I don't think they quite saw us through God's eyes, you know, with these kind of, they have made a big mess. I mean, come on, they mess up all the time. But you are just putting putting yourself in them forever, for the whole of eternity, you are in them. You're giving them who you are. That must, anyway, I'd just like to see the look on the angels' faces. Yeah. So that's, it's that kind of new. It's that kind of new. It's just, you know, it's, it's, Let me just read this, because I do find I get lost for words at this point. But, in fact, I think what I'd like to do is copy this off so everybody has has a copy, because, right, because it's, it's worth repeating, it's worth meditating on. Because of Christ's redemption, I am a new creation of infinite worth. I am deeply loved. I am completely forgiven. I am fully pleasing and I am totally accepted by God. I am absolutely complete in Christ. There has never been another person like me in the history of mankind, nor will there ever be. God has made me an original one of a kind, a special person. So these are the things that God wants to bury in our hearts. Yeah? So he is actually now removing 
those lies. He is creating space in your heart for the amazing truths that he has for you. More than you could ask or imagine. More than you can imagine. Thank you for listening to the iDestiny podcast. For further information, check out www.idestiny.org.uk.